on this episode of PLNPJ's Ascendant Arsenal. And frantic fixture list looming. Welcome back to the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. That dress code being Jammies, Brent. And here's your full 90. We begin at Bournemouth, where Leicester looked set on securing back-to-back wins before the Cherries picked out two quick-fire goals to steal all three points. Next, it was Chelsea hosting Wolves, who continue to lack that killer instinct as they are held goalless for the third game running. Chelsea wins 3-0. To the Etihad, where City left the Saints without a prayer as they cruised to a 4-0 victory over a struggling Southampton. Next, it was Newcastle capitalizing on some sloppy defending from Brentford as the Bees felt the sting of a convincing defeat, 5-1 to the Toons. Down south to Brighton, who were flying high after getting a result at Anfield, but were brought down to earth as Spurs clipped their wings on their way to a 1-0 victory. Unlike the Seagulls, the Eagles of Crystal Palace soared over Leeds 2-1 in a result that has Marsh's seat heating up. A fifth-minute goal for Fulham was not enough to harm the Hammers, who were ironclad for the remainder of the match and came away 3-1 winners. To the Emirates, where league leaders Arsenal faced troubled Liverpool in a thrilling match that saw the Gunners blast their opposition down to 10th place, 3-2 to the Londoners. Sunday concluded at Goodison, where the Toffees' sweet start did not spoil Ronaldo's Ronaldo's achievement of 700 goals, as United came back to grab all three points. Last but maybe, and certainly not least, Forrest hosted Villa on Monday, where the former saw their opening goal cancelled out by an Ashley not-so-young screamer, but Forrest held fast in the second half to earn a draw. Nice. Nobody knows that there was an error in the middle of that. (laughs) Did you catch that they were all puns about the nicknames? Especially the tree one about forests held held fast. That's it was a stretch, but we. I thought maybe you were gonna do something about like timber mm. or you know chopping down the tree. Or... I don't know if the result was different, maybe, but it was a draw, so I kind of had That's... to. How do you how do you out. talk about a neutral forest? It was uh, left untouched. Ooh, I like that. Maybe should we go back and rewrite the whole thing and yeah, then... and, and re-record the whole thing. Um, or uh, the result. Was frozen since halftime. It was a petrified force. Oh, see now, maybe we should take a little bit more time to work together on these uh, puns before we do these. You're kidding. You're saying that I don't do this in the hour between getting back from work and coming over here. I, well, I don't want to say that. I'm certainly not saying it. But if that was the case, hey, maybe we could have some collaboration. Possibly in the future, Brent. Uh, but for now, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. As uh, Is that what the guy in the little game show on your phone used to say? Oh, remember I remember that the trivia Scott game or whatever was it was name? where you could win money. Yeah, and it was like, yeah. like oh, I hated multiple him. choice. I found him so annoying. Anyways, uh, we, <laughs> we're getting way off track. Yeah. <laughs> um, Arsenal are not off track. They're on track to uh, maybe... Be contenders for the title. I think you could say certainly their only loss so far this season is to Manchester United of all teams, yeah. which doesn't really feel like that should be the case. Um, and they just beat Liverpool 3-2 to two to remain top of the league. And they look like they're in good form. I thought perhaps they might be frightened by a Gabriel Jesus injury. Sure. Um, 
But as it turns out, it's just a broken nose, and you can put a mask on and be fine with that. So, barring injury issues, it seems like they're here for the long haul. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've mentioned them almost every week about how they're in fine form and still top the league. Um, But Brent, how long do we think that they can stay top of the league? Because Manchester City, I think, had the best squad in the Premier League. Um, Maybe two results that should have gone their way but did not. Um, And that's why they are, I think, only one point behind Arsenal as it stands. So I I have to imagine that they overtake them um, in the next few weeks or so. But do you want to, like, nail down a, a guess at least? I think that this specific title race, if it is Arsenal and uh, City, comes down to who can fend off their mistakes the longest. In the sense of Man City always tend to have those one or two slip-up, maybe even more, like five, slip-up matches against lower table sides that they should win, that they get a poor result from. If they can negate those going forward, there's no reason that they won't win the league, even though they already had a couple of those. When you look at Arsenal, they always have those. They're such a hot and cold team with those patches of great form, scintillating form, and those patches of ice-cold form. And if they can get rid of those ice-cold patches, and even if they drop to a draw in a few matches or lose to a team like Manchester United, and it's not a continued trend, there's no reason they can't stick around at the top for a while because we've seen from them in the past that they are good enough during those stretches to be contenders. They just don't do it consistently enough for a season. You could say that's up to the youth, and maybe now they have a little bit more experience, they'll be able to hold on. Sure, and uh, like you're saying, uh, City had some slip-ups last season that saw the title race come down to the last match day where uh, they just outlasted Liverpool to secure the title. Uh, Arsenal just dispatched Liverpool uh, over the weekend 3-2. to Um Semi-controversial penalty at the end. I think it was fair and not reversible. But uh, regardless, they were the better team, and they came out with the three points. And something that uh, Manchester City could not do last season, but Arsenal have already done this season, was beat Tottenham. So uh, I think all signs point to Arsenal maybe sticking around for longer than people give them credit for. Um, You mentioned the youth. People are pointing to that and saying... They can't really keep this form up for too long. Um, but I think they do. I, I don't think they win the league, but I think they, they keep up the battle uh, for a longer stretch than the general public thinks. So what I'm hearing is you think they're the real deal. Um, let me see. What, what, <laughs> what is our uh, outline? Oh, the real deal. Yeah, I do think Arsenal <laughs> are, quote-unquote, the real deal as your outline, our outline. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, suggests, and um, whether that means that they contend for half the season, three quarters of the season, or until the final match day. Um, I think you can still call them the real deal. All right. Well, I'm glad that you feel that way because their next five matches, Jake, they have an opportunity to cement their place near the top of the table. And these are the kind of matches where they can't slip up. They need to keep their momentum going. Their next five are Leeds away at Elland Road, Southampton away at St. Mary's, Nottingham Forest at home at the Emirates, Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge, and Wolves away at the Molyneux. And aside from Chelsea, they should be winning those matches. Brent, you're just testing your knowledge of uh, 
stadium names. Uh, I, I was a little nervous when I got to Nottingham Forest. I was glad that was the it home, was home. match. Uh, the city ground. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Brent, I think, let's see. As you said, every game but Chelsea, I think they should come away winners. Uh, with that being said, I think 10 points from these five fixtures would be the minimum to keep uh, you know, Arsenal fans happy. I don't think they'll stay in first place if that's the case. I think City will do uh, better over their stretch of five matches, and I have no idea who City play outside of Liverpool this upcoming week. But uh, yeah, I, I think that they get 12, maybe 13 points from this stretch, but I'm going to set the number at uh, 10 as the bare minimum. Yeah, I think they'd be disappointed to be playing a more resurgent Chelsea. I'm sure they would have preferred to play Chelsea away a few weeks ago. Sure. Um, but yeah, I would say they, they need to expect wins from most of those. Ma- I, I would say their aim should be 13 points. Okay. Um, if they really want to stay as title contenders. Now, bias, I would hope that Leeds can pick up a draw against Arsenal in their match. Yeah. Just because I hope Jesse Marsh keeps his job and that would be big. <laughs> but but from an Arsenal standpoint, 13 points I think is your minimum. Okay. So you're setting a slightly higher bar than I yeah. am. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which is fair. I, well, I, only because City will be so good. Yeah, no. I, I guess for title contenders, if, if they want to stay in that conversation, yeah, uh, definitely have to hold themselves to higher standards. Um, so yeah, I, I, I guess I agree with that bar being raised for a team that is still in first place after what eight or nine fixtures. Yeah, and I'd say honestly, at this rate, thank God for Arsenal. Yeah. Because otherwise, I mean, if they were having a lackluster start to the season, City would be running away with it already. Okay, Spurs are only four points behind. I know three points behind City. But even still, at this early stage, sure, to sure, have sure, a gap sure. at the top would be a big deal. So to have a team that is four points ahead of Spurs and a point ahead of City still. I think is big for the league, just for yeah. the early days setting the stage for going forward. Absolutely, Brent. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how both Arsenal and City handle a condensed fixture list um, as we approach the World Cup. What makes you bring that up? Uh, you know, just off the top of my head. Yeah, just topical. Now, Jake, off the top of my head, I would say that there's about 39 matches that are going to be played okay. over a 16-day span starting at this weekend. For one team? No, 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 no. That this is for all <laughs> oh. Premier League teams. Thirty-nine matches, but that's not including any cup or European fixtures. Dang, that's that's a, a lot. It's a lot of fixtures um, to be played over, barely over two weeks. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're an international manager sitting at home, oh yeah, you're just kind of crossing your fingers, biting your nails, watching these uh, shining your shoes. Probably not uh, watching these matches go on, just uh, hoping that uh, you know your international players don't get injured before the World Cup. Yeah, well, I mean that's I mean we're a Premier League podcast for sure, um, so we don't care about the World Cup at all. In fact, right. I could care less how the United States performs during the World Cup. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you shouldn't. But what I will say is, man, if there's ever a time I was appreciative, Christian Bolisic is not playing any <laughs> matches for Chelsea. It's during this stretch because the man is so injury prone. But yeah, I think there's serious injury concerns, especially for a team like England. When I think of a league like the Bundesliga, who's used to, who's already prepared for kind of that mid-winter break, 
their schedule isn't really affected. They're just moving that break up a month, essentially, or two months. And so those players are going to be fine. Um, when I think about the Premier League, they're so condensed already during a year with their holiday fixture list that now you're adding on these extra condensed fixtures. And if a player makes it through this stage, makes it through the World Cup, I would still be worried for when they get back that we could see a, just a huge amount of injuries in the second half of the season for these players. Yeah, uh, going to be a lot of tired legs and really just uh, pushing players to their limits in terms of fitness levels. And Not uh, Holland, though. <laughs> no, not Holland. That man is in the best shape of anyone's well, life. Well, and he's not going. He just gets a month-long break. That is true. That's solo. <laughs> Yeah. Bad news <laughs> yeah. for uh, Harry Kane's hopes of uh, the Golden Boot. But Brent, uh, you were mentioning injuries, we were men- mentioning fitness. I do want to bring up that Liverpool already facing issues with Luis Diaz out for a while. He's passed the World Cup. And uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Joe Matip also out injured. Not looking good for an already struggling Liverpool. Um is I mean, are these cons- these are real concerns for the rest of the Premier League, and uh, you know their players going into the World Cup? Do you think we see a heavy amount of rotation, at least from the top squads? I think there's never been a better year to be a youth player for sure. these bigger sides and just all Premier League sides. That you know there is going to have to be rotation because this set of fixtures that we have is very important because you need your team in good form going into that World Cup break to at least from an individual team's goals and perspective. Like, you want to be in a good place before your players have a month off with no match fitness, no training together as a team, Mm -hmm. and then coming back and getting back into it. I'm sure that those that stay home will be doing indoor friendlies during this time. And, again, I think that's a great opportunity for youth players who need to take their chances. And... I think we could see a plethora of young talent get chances in the December month, you know, maybe January, as the league starts restarting again and resetting, that perhaps you see these youth players get a lot of chances. And at the end of the day, I think it's going to be kind of a cream rises to the top. Whoever has the most depth and the most players that can stay healthy during this window will have the most success, and their teams will be in the best position going into the break. Uh, And Brent, something I just thought of is that this break might act as sort of the great equalizer because, uh, you know, the bottom half of the table probably have less players going to the World Cup, so they'll be more rested in the second half of the season. So we could see things level out and uh, the middle of the table really be uh, packed as we head into the latter part of the season. It'll uh, be interesting to watch the relegation races sure, well during that time. Yeah. Um, because you get a team like Fulham who's riding high momentum right now, and that all gets cut right in half. Yeah, I mean, you just get a break where everybody stops. Yes, you can say players get a chance to be healthy again, which is great, but they essentially lose. all. The, every team is restarting from wherever they leave off, so it'll be interesting to see the impact that it has on all teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, it is important for a team to be in good form and get good results from this period of fixtures. 
But at the end of the day, that momentum kind of just resets, as you said. And uh, I think for those teams that do find themselves in poor form, it might be a, a welcomed break. Uh, but Brent, talking about the matches over this span, we have some good ones that we're, we're looking forward to. Um, specifically, Liverpool, Manchester City, which you know never fails to provide a great show, a great spectacle, if sure. you will. Sure, fireworks. Exactly. Um, Manchester United, Tottenham, which, you know, could could be a three-goal win either way. Right. Um, as we've found out in past years. Um, Chelsea, Man United, you know, the old rivalry. I think that's going to be also a great uh, fixture. And then two that I consider sneaky good matches, City versus Brighton. Brighton, um, beside their loss to... Spurs are in good form and a good yeah. team this season. And despite their loss of a Mwapu to his True. heart condition. Um, which, side note, if, Condolences. You, if you haven't heard, he had to um, retire from football because of a, a hereditary heart, yeah, heart issue. Condition. Yeah. Um, so sad to see someone um, you know, lose something they love at that age, but just glad that they caught it before anything serious. For sure, yeah. But on uh, a happier note. On a happier note, the second sneaky fixture, Brent, is Tottenham and Newcastle. Yeah, I think a Newcastle squad who obviously everyone knows is improving um, from window to window. And I, I think that um, we see at least four or five goals in this game. And so what I think is the biggest implication from this set fixture list as well is that, yes, there are other matches that could be surprising you know, during that time where the, you don't necessarily expect the result to be what it is. But specifically, you don't see Arsenal in that list of of matches you don't i mean you do see man city twice you see tottenham twice you see manchester united twice and you see chelsea once so arsenal really have an opportunity over this next stretch to solidify themselves at the top and i think that's something to watch out for yeah as we went over um earlier leeds southampton forest is a a stretch of the next three that they could you know, create a gap, if not on Man City, but on everyone else. On everybody else. And that, that bodes the question, do you think the title race, not the title winner, but the title race is decided through this stretch between who can actually stay the course as things go? I realize it's only, you know, a five-match span per team, really. Maybe six, I can't remember. But, I mean, like you mentioned, Tottenham is only four points behind Arsenal at the moment. Brighton isn't that far behind. Chelsea isn't that far behind. But does that real title race of the two of Arsenal and Chelsea, or I'm sorry, and Man City get decided during this window? Do you think? Uh, I mean, every match matters, as you know. It's an obvious and repeated saying. Um, so a match in this span, you know, the points don't count any more than matches at the end of the year. But uh, I, I think. It's not decided here. I think by the end of it, they're still within a three-point margin of either way, whether it's City on top or Arsenal still on top. Um, But sure, there are going to be some pivotal matches that might sway the momentum in the favor of one or the other, and we could see uh, one of these teams pull away. But um, if I had to, you know, venture a guess, Brent, I'm going to say within three points of each other, Arsenal, Manchester City, by the end of this run. All right. I like it, Jake. But you know what else I like? Money. 
which I've been doing a terrible job at making lately. Not from my job, but from betting. <laughs> I, uh, off, off pod betting. Um, right. Not doing well just on my own. Clearly, sure. I should be sticking to the pod. Absolutely, because we are the best bettors around. But don't quote us on that if people ask. We are the coziest bettors around. There you go. That's more like, and, and we were that. great <laughs> last year and the year before. We're we're slowly getting back into our ways. We're biding our time. Exactly. Um, but we're gonna hit it big this week with some bigger odds relative to what we've been betting. You got to make your money back. To start us off, Brent, we have our surprise odds: West Ham to win versus Southampton at plus. 148. It is at St. Mary's, but sure. Southampton, as you noted to me before the pod, four losses in a row. West Ham have won their last two, three. Uh, no, they lost to Chelsea two to one uh, in in their third match recently. So they're they're three and one in their last four. Gotcha. But either way, plus 148 odds is a steal. Yeah, um, I think two teams going in opposite directions. Um, we're, we're going to bet on the team going up. So uh, I, I like West Ham in this one. Um, they looked pretty convincing after going a, a goal down against Fulham over the weekend. Um, but Brent's moving on to our game pick of the week. We have a – we're changing it up. Yeah. We've been doing the same thing the over and over. We're, we're changing change. it. So we've got a penalty to be awarded in Tottenham-Everton at plus 275. Yeah, Um I don't have statistics in front of me, but as a Spurs fan, my brother being an Everton fan, I feel like there's often a penalty and it can be a little bit sloppy and a lot of chances in the box. So I like this at plus 275. I think that's great value. And I think it's uh, the second of our four bets that turns us around this year. The third being our player pick, Martinelli of Arsenal, to score a goal versus Leeds. Uh, we got that plus 205. Again, I really want Leeds to get a result out of this. They still can. They still can. But Martinelli, I don't know. There's just something about him. He's, kind of, he's got that special something, you know? He just seems to be able to pick a goal out of nothing, it seems. Seems to be very opportunistic. If he's healthy, Arsenal are a better, better side. And I think when you exploit the weaknesses of Leeds, if he plays off the less, left and you have... Rasmus Christensen on the right. Um, I think that while Martinelli might be physically outmatched, his technical ability will outdo Rasmus Christensen and his ability to get behind the defense to score a goal. Absolutely. And as we like to repeat, uh, Leeds games are usually pretty wide open. They absolutely Um, are. So he'll have a plethora of chances. Uh, But Brent, uh, shall we uh, do our Pirates bet, the parlay, which, uh, Why is the rum gone? <laughs> nice. Nice. Which is a three-parter this time, but with a similar theme. Yeah, we, um, again, we're mixing things up. Yeah. Adding some variability to things this, this week to get us going. So we have, I'll do the first two, which is over two and a half goals scored in Liverpool, Manchester City, and Leeds Arsenal. Two games that, you know, we think, I wouldn't say that Liverpool City would be an open game. But sure. I think both will will have the chances, and we'll get on the score sheet. Um, and then Brent, on the other side of that, we have under two and a half goals in Wolves versus Nottingham Forest. Um, two teams that don't really have the offenses offenses firing at the moment, 
Uh, Wolves are goalless in their last three. Forrest do concede a good amount of goals, but we're going to trust Dean Henderson to to keep some out this time. Yeah, and and at the end of the day, I just don't, we don't we don't see a lot of things happening in that match. No. It could be a one nil, it could be a one one, but to either side score two, I personally don't think so. So I think that's safe. And and with Liverpool Man City, I also think it's the Holland effect versus a struggling Van Dyke, you know, and and that's something to watch out for as well. So w- when you combine those two, Jake, I've got plus three twenty odds on Barstool for that. Yeah, and depending on the sports book, you can get somewhere up to 330 odds, um, which I think for um, some pretty... I mean, we thought about this a long time. Yeah. We, we actually put some, uh, some brain power into these mm-hmm. because we want to redeem ourselves. Yeah, well, when I think... I, I, the way I see it, Jake, three matches. Three matches. Three sure things. Yeah. Zero percent chance of failure gets you plus 330. 330. Wow, yeah. that just blew my mind. Yeah, no, it's, what can I say? It's, <laughs> it's uh, not something that I came up with on the spot. Uh, I knew that from the moment we set our bets. Okay, um, well, I like the forethought, and... You mean the three-thought? The three. <laughs> uh, and right on cue, Brent, we got the, the giggles <laughs> at the end of the episode. Um, it's crazy how that happens every time. Every single time. It's like we've also gone through our drinks at that point <laughs> as well. <laughs> There's no correlation there. Correlation is not causation. Exactly. That's what I would say. Um, AP Stats taught me that. Yeah. Uh, but Brent, we, we have gotten to the end of our outline, as I had suggested, which means it's time to send the listener off on their merry way to enjoy the rest of their Thursday. The Lord's Day. The Lord's Day, as, yeah. as commonly known. As. <laughs> so from the only, or I, I guess, sorry, let me, let me restart. Yeah, yeah. I want to send them off right. Yep. From the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. We changed our theme, our slogan. Our slogan, our catchphrase. that podcast with the coziest dress code is PL and PJs. That's us. And we'll see you next time.